This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3656, from Monday, the 8th of August, 2022. Today's show is entitled, Importance of Small Toy Projects. It is hosted by Norist and is about 19 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, Toy projects are a great way to learn a new language and a project I did just for fun. I wanted to do a quick episode on toy projects or uh, maybe a programming exercise or project or something you want to do that um, isn't necessarily um, important or maybe not even usable by something else, but it's something you want to do. And a lot of times, you know, call them toy projects because, they're, you know, they're small, um, but a lot of times they're fun. Um, so it's it's something you want to do and something you, you would would enjoy doing just for the sake of working on the project. Not necessarily, you know, a lot of times toy projects do solve a problem, but um, a lot of times they're more about the process than uh, and less about the problem they're actually solving. So there's a there were a couple um, podcasts that um, got me thinking about toy projects and sort of why they're important. And um, when I I'm, I'm going to tell you what they are, but you know I'm going to tell myself a little bit. I've been I've been thinking about doing this episode for a while, so that um some of the specifically this first one, the first podcast, is from uh the Talk Python. It's an episode of the Talk Python podcast, and um it's it's going to be by the time this comes out, it's going to be over a year old. So that's just sort of how long I'm I've had I've been making notes and thinking about um this episode. But anyway, if you haven't listened to the talk Python podcast, it's a really good podcast. They always have a lot of good guests. Um, and it's, it's obviously about Python, but it's, it's, it's a real easy listen. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not a Python developer. I'm just sort of a Python hobbyist, but I can always follow along with what they're saying. And it's a lot of fun, but anyway, in episode, um, three twenty seven, they had a panel of, um, Python users, and it was you know from Python professionals to other professionals who use Python on the side, um, and they were just talking about how um, some small things they did in Python just to sort of make their life easier. So, um, if you want a podcast recommendation, uh, talk Python, uh, specifically episode three twenty seven, and Hacker Public Radio episode three five five eight. The host talks about learning Haskell and says something like, I won't get the quote exactly right, but it's something like, uh, finishing a small project is better than starting a big project and not finishing it. And also that um, you can't learn to code by watching videos or reading. You need to practice. Um, my sort of recommendation for if you, if you want to learn um, to program or if you want to pick up a new language, if you want to pick up a new language, you probably already know this, but one of the best ways to start is with a toy project. So you start about, you start thinking about a small problem you have that you want to solve. Um, And then just start. Um, It's not going to be right at first or good at first, but um, if you just, if you just start working on it and banging on it, 
eventually you'll get something that works um, and then you can redo it and you can do it over and over again. Every, every time you do it, um, you can think, well, I could have done that a little better. So you can go back and refactor bits and pieces here and there and make it a little better. Um, and then if you decide to take a project you've done and redo it, um, you can, you know, you're practicing, you're learning to code, you're writing better code, but it's also an opportunity to learn some new technologies. So if there's a Python library or a, a different language or something you want to use, that's a good opportunity to um, incorporate these new pieces of tech is in a in a, a sort of a rewrite of a project that you've already done. So I'm going to tell tell you about uh, a toy project of, of mine. Um, and it's definitely something I've done and redone uh, a, a few different times. Um, so I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, just like you probably listen to a lot of podcasts. And uh, I've been listening to um, podcasts for what I, what I think is a long time, uh, primarily Linux and tech related podcast. And, um, you know, I, I was sort of, I would think about sometimes I would, I would be reminded of a podcast episode and I would go back and that, um, either the podcast was gone or the website was gone or the podcast, um, you know, they stopped making episodes or, or on and on and on. But I, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the term pod faded, uh, and it's just where a, a podcast just ends. Uh, sometimes it's announced. Uh, typically, when you say a podcast pod faded, that's usually that was an unannounced, sort of un unintentional ending of a podcast. But I thought it would be fun to um, look at the podcast that had pod faded and just sort of see if I could. Um, track um the release cadence of a bunch of different podcasts uh you know the podcast that i was interested in and then um rate how if they were pod faded so in, in my head i can i can decide okay if it's um you know if they're a podcast that usually releases weekly and they've uh missed one or two weeks you know they're sort of maybe they're getting in a little danger or, or something like that. That's the sort of things I was talking about. And my one of my original ideas was to be able to use some sort of search API to um, find the podcast or the podcast um, podcast that I would be interested in. So use Google using the Google APIs or something like that. Search the web for RSS feeds. So my my plan to search the web didn't really pan out. That was harder to do than I thought it would. So then my second idea w was to um, look at specific networks of podcasts. Um, so, you know, there will be a, a group of podcasts that will sort of join together into a network. And I, I'm, I'm sure you can, you're all thinking of examples. Um, so my, my sort of second idea was, okay, use uh, Python to scrape the web pages of these networks and then um, load all those um, RSS feeds into the database, and then I can use um, use the feeds that I found by scraping these network pages to um, determine if the show had had pod faded or not. Um, so I was using uh, Beautiful Soup, uh, 
which is a Python library for specifically for parsing uh, HTML documents. And it makes it real easy. You can sort of uh, treat an HTML document um, kind of like a database and just kind of step through uh, the different tags and stuff that are in there. I, from when I, Once I got the data using uh, Beautiful Soup, uh, once I gathered all that data, um, I, I built a web page just sort of listing out all the different podcasts. And then, you know, by my own determination, if they had podfaded or not, and um, would use um, <clears throat> the Jinja templating engine and uh, Bootstrap CSS. And then based on some logic that I had written in Python, you know, if, it, if I said it, if I determined that it hadn't podfaded and everything was fine, it would be green. And, you know, I'd have different rules for, um, you know, if it was a weekly podcast or versus if it was a monthly podcast or you know, how long it had been, is it getting close? Uh, it could be, maybe I would color it as yellow. And then finally, if it hadn't released an episode in six months or if it was a weekly podcast and it missed like five or six episodes or something like that, then I could say it had pod faded. And then I would use the bootstrap colors to um, display that podcast as red. So there were, there were, uh, there were some problems with that method. Um, one was since I was using um, beautiful soup and you know, I was scraping each individual network, um, every network had a uh, different page layout. So I had to use, I had to write a custom script for every podcast network. Uh, and that, that, that works fine until it doesn't. So, you know, um, I can't control what some podcast network does with their web page. So anytime if they, you know, move something around or added an advertisement or tweak their menus a little bit, whatever, it would, it would break the script. And sometimes it was easy to fix. Sometimes it was hard to fix. Sometimes I couldn't, couldn't get it fixed. And sometimes I'd have a podcast network that I was watching for changes, uh, and they would change their website so much that I would just give up and, and stop monitoring them. Um, another problem was it took a really long time to run. And then, like I said, it was too much. It was way too much trouble just trying to keep up with, you know, a few different podcast network, all, um, their web page modifications. That, that just became, so I decided I wanted to redo, um, the project. Um, and really, basically, I was just going to have to start over. Uh, and since I was starting over, I thought to myself, well, you know, now would be a, a great time to, you know, simplify it. Um, and also maybe learn some new tech. So one of the things, one of the processes I wanted to learn is test driven development. And, um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily advocating for or against it, but I, I at least wanted to work a project using test driven development. Uh, and just a real quick overview of what that means is, um, you know, Whenever you write code, you can have a test to make sure that test is, that code is working correctly. So in test-driven development, before you even write the code, you write the test. Um, and then, you know, you write your test, you write your code, um, and you work on it until the test passes. And then you write another test. And then you write the code for that, and you work on it until the test passes. Um, and it um, kind of forces you to – you have to write your code a little differently. Uh, and you have to think about your code a little differently. Um, and it's, um, you know, having 
code that's well tested. You know, one, it it probably makes you write better code, but it also um, one of the primary reasons I like doing it is I'm I don't consider myself a very good developer. So when I if I have a project and I I need to make some changes to it, I'm always scared to do it. I'm a little nervous about doing it. But if I have a because if I you know if I if I have something that's working, um, that's always better than uh, something that isn't working, you know, you know what I mean? So having test, having a, a well-developed test suite sort of gave me the confidence to make a bunch of changes. Um, because I, I could always, I could make a small change, run the test, make another small change and run the test. And as long as my tests were working, then I knew I was going to be okay. So another big change I wanted to make to the project is I just wanted one script, right? I wanted to simplify things. I didn't want, you know, one script for this network and one script for this network. Trying to do it as simple as possible. Um, and then I also wanted to, something I hadn't done before is the embedded audio players. I wanted to be sure that, you know, whenever I finally built the HTML, that there would be, um, you know, the ability to play uh, podcasts from the web page. So uh, one thing I, I decided to do was instead of, you know, scraping a specific podcast network, or trying to search for the search the internet for RSS feeds, I just said, hey, there's curated lists out there that already have where people have put together a list of um, their Linux podcast or uh, or, or whatever. So um, I said I'm going to start with these lists. I'm just going to um, instead of making a custom scraper for that page, I'm just going to use I'm still going to use Beautiful Soup, but all I'm going to do is find all the links on there and then. Um, I'm going to take all, just every link I can find and test it. Is it RSS feed or not? Uh, then if it is, uh, throw that into the database to use later. So instead of having a complex uh, web scraper, I just throw everything I can at a RSS feed parser. And if it can parse it, um, great. And if it can't, just throw it away. It's garbage. So the um, three places that I'm currently getting podcasts from are um, the Ubuntu Wiki. It's got a uh, podcast page. The Ubuntu Wiki has a podcast page. Um, the LinuxLink.net has got a page of just podcasts. And then sort of a friend of HPR, uh, free, freeculturepodcast.org. Um, so those are the three places for now I'm getting podcasts. Now, I'm, I'm open to ideas about um, where to get more podcasts. But again, I, I'm trying to avoid um, like automated lists. So, you know, I'm, I'm specifically avoiding things like um, RS uh, podcast search sites or um, Apple podcast search or something like that. Um, but uh, on the other hand, if you know of a web page that lists, there's just a list of, or contains a list of Linux or tech related or hacker related podcasts. I would definitely be interested in um, finding that and adding it to um, adding it to this project. Now, uh, on a side note, I know the uh, HPR show notes is probably a really good place to look. So it's, it's sort of in the back of my mind as a to do item is to um, figure out a way to look through all the show notes because there's show notes out there um, that are that contain links to uh, listeners 
and contributors uh, favorite podcast. So I think that's a really good idea. Just just something to have up. So after we find all the RSS feeds, we test them um, and to see to see if they're actual actually an RSS feed, not just a link to something uh, random. Um, then I've got a, a script called Feed Info uh, that loops through all the feeds. Um, it uses the feed parser Python library, um, and the feed, feed parser Python library just kind of it, it's kind of like Beautiful Soup, but specifically for RSS feeds, where you can sort of uh, programmically um, look through an RSS feed and pull things out like titles and enclosures and things like that. So I'll use that library after I, after I find the RSS feeds. Uh, I'll use the feed parser library to pull out the title and so I'll take all that information and I'll build a web page and I'll still do a little bit of rating um, whether or not I think the podcast has pod faded and I'll give it a color uh, red yellow green um, the logic isn't as complicated as it as it was the first time um, but there's a uh, I do keep a copy of the web page up on the public internet. Uh, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. It's uh, podfaded.norst.xyz. Um, it's currently running on a free tier of one of the big cloud providers. So as um, I, I'm not, I can't guarantee it's going to be there forever, but um, as long as the free tier is free, it will definitely be there. So I'm definitely welcome to feedback. Um, I'll have a link to the GitLab page where I host the code for this. I'll have a, that link in the show notes. I've got a couple of bugs um, that I'm, I'll be working on where sometimes sometimes I will. Um, unfortunately, I'll have to ex, um, exclude some podcast links uh, because there's there's links that look like valid RSS feeds, but it turns out they're just ads. Um but sometimes those excluded podcasts will still show up on the on the page, and there's other little uh, bugs here and there in the HTML. And like I said earlier, um, I'm I'm looking for more places to pull podcasts from. You know, I don't necessarily want a podcast search site, and um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely look into using um, the R, um, HBR show notes. But if you know of any other uh, pages that just list out podcasts, uh, especially if they're Linux or hacker related. Um, that, that's something I'd like to include if you know of any. Uh, the HBR submissions page says it doesn't allow inline HTML. I thought it'd be nice if I could, um, since it's just HTML, if I could put a little code snippet of the HTML into the show notes and you can see what it's like. But instead, I'll just grab a screenshot. Uh, I think that'll work just as well. Well, that's it. Short uh, episode on why I think toy projects are important and an example of a toy project I worked on. Uh, I think it's a good idea for um, if you're if you want to contribute an episode but you're not sure what. Um, think about a, a project like this that you can maybe walk, kind of walk us through uh, what it is, how it works. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about it. Um, and I'll see you guys next time. have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org 
Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.